Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Hello there and welcome. Episode 47. And we have a an amazing cast tonight, actually. There's uh, myself, obviously, Lucas, BQ410, Bukoy, hello there. Uh, we've also got Matt sitting in the other room, so if there's a little bit of an echo, you're just going to have to deal with it. How are you, Matt? Oh, yeah. Just, cool. you know, rolling. That's the way to do it. He's pretty round. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not that fucking round. <laughs> He's not fucking around. Um, I'm more oblong. <laughs> yeah, oblong. Wow. And yet, which is sharp. Anyway, um, we've also got Susie, who, if anybody has been following anything that's been happening lately, Susie's had one hell of an ordeal, and I, for <laughs> one, am so excited that I am talking to her right now. Yeah. Uh, how are you, buddy? I am alive, and I think that it's really appropriate to play that Pearl Jam song. Yeah. Never appropriate to play a Pearl Jam song. Fair well. enough. <laughs> Shut that down quick, and you <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> no, but, um, yeah, I was very close to not being here. Um, what's the date today? Today's the 11th. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Basically, I've been about four weeks ago, I started to get sick. Um, I had a bad cold, and then they said that I had influenza. Um, And then I had really bad asthma, couldn't breathe, had a fever, rang an ambulance. Uh, They took me to hospital, and they basically said, you've got pneumonia as well. And what we're going to do is put you to sleep so that your body can fight the infection. And they put me in an induced coma from the 18th of June to the 2nd of July. Just like that. I fell off the face of the earth. I had no phone. No one knew where I was. No. That's completely gone. Yeah. And my no, parents no were overseas. In unconsciousness. <laughs> my parents, like my parents, were overseas at the time, and um, yeah, it was pretty scary because they said we're going to put you to sleep, and they came up to me with the with the um, anaesthetic to do it, mm. and basically while that happened, my lung capacity was producing something like thirty percent oxygen. So it was really, really low. So um, while I was while I was sleeping, I was on life support um, and tied up to machines that were actually making me breathe. And um, when I woke up, I had um, I had a tube in my throat that was so I could breathe, and I had a tracheotomy in my neck. And, um, yeah, I couldn't talk, I couldn't move. So um, the other fun part of that was that when you're pretty much horizontal for two weeks, every muscle in your body 
turns to jelly and I couldn't walk. But you had jelly. That's that's the good thing I got out of that. I did have jelly. It, was, <laughs> it actually was on the menu nice. uh, when I finally got into the ward. But look, I was um, I was in intensive care for two weeks, so um, it was pretty scary. That is, that yeah, is. and that's amazing, Susie. It really is. That's one hell of a story, and the fact that it's only just happened as well. Yeah, you know, that's an amazing credit to you. Thank it you. It really is. You've, <laughs> you've come back from the dead just to mess with our heads. Absolutely. That's I, so, couldn't, yeah. I just couldn't leave you guys alone. Well, That's I was going to actually say that, uh, you know, it, for anybody out there who's been waiting for episode 47, you can blame Susie <laughs> because we would have had this done weeks ago. Sorry. <laughs> How come when I say that, she says I'm an asshole? Because <laughs> you are. Uh, you are an asshole. Fair point, fair point. <laughs> no, I was fucking worried about you, Susie. This is bullshit. I was texting you and not getting replies. I thought you hated me. Really? It turned, it turned out you just was in, <laughs> were was in, in a, a coma. coma. <laughs> That's not funny. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm drunk. I'm sorry. In my heart and my soul. No. But I'm going to have to be really careful about what I say in future because... Um, People used to say to me, oh, what are you up to on the weekend? And I used to say, oh, I'll probably be comatose. <laughs> like, oh, I can't say that anymore because people might get really worried. Well, you can, you can say it. It's just that people will cringe. Yeah. So, um, look, it was my parents came down from Brisbane. Um, it was really amazing. Um, a colleague from work came and saw me in hospital. Um just the messages and everything that I got from people was just fantastic. And um, especially from you two, um, I, I really appreciate that. At the same time, it really, really helped. Well, it's the first time anyone's ever said that anything I've ever said helped. But thank you. <laughs> I enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> I'm basking in it right now. Well, no. I'm I'm just glad you're back. Thank you, Matt. So there you go. We're uh, we're gonna leave. <laughs> we're Thanks gonna for joining us for up, episode forty-seven. The episode. <laughs> so now yeah, that we're on a we high. should probably we should probably move on before we start. You know, holding hands and singing kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You gotta be careful. well anyway as we almost always do when i'm on the podcast anyway i don't listen to them when i'm not so i very rarely uh you know think about the other ones but um seeing we are you know recording and it is supposed to be a gaming podcast let's uh talk about some games for a little bit there Um, absolutely (laughs) so susie what have you been playing Oh shit! <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been um, this the game, game called of, Operation. No, uh, the game of life. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you fill up your car? <laughs> I had to pay lots of tuition. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No, but you know one thing. 
because my my mum brought my tablet to me in hospital, but she didn't bring my phone, and it's a Wi-Fi only, and none of the fucking apps were would it would were working on it, and I'm <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, why is it that it needs the internet? Why? <laughs> why didn't you just let me die, doctors? So. <laughs> I damn, get it. damn this I, always online shit. <laughs> that's pretty much how I felt. I thought, wow. oh god, why did I wear? Why did I choose a what a Wi-Fi only? <laughs> Rookie error. Yeah. Wow, it's just not good at all. No. Well, so, now, now that yeah. you're back, I think uh, you know not only us as as in you know the Rock Bear Gaming community are celebrating, but I also think that uh, you know Rockstar's got the message that you're you know you're back and you're alive, and they wanted to celebrate it as well by giving the world a gameplay trailer. Have you seen it? I haven't. No, no. it's worth it. It is. Matt uh, Matt sat me down and made me watch it. It's pretty okay. amazing. Pretty amazing. Uh, you know, the GTA Five is going to be obviously a massive title, and it's interesting that this has dropped right now. I think it's uh, it's kind of funny seeing as we're only a, you know, a little bit off uh, PAX Australia. I wonder if there's anything new that they're going to show there. I uh, doubt it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Unfortunately. But it is yeah. only two months until the game comes out, so it seems like a good time to start the hype train, or you know, refuel the hype train. That is true. That is true. Um, well, if anyone hasn't seen it, um, I don't want to go too much into the details of it because it's, what, three minutes, a bit over three minutes, I think? The, yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. Apparently, it is all in-game, actual gameplay that you get to see. Um, so, More or less, I'd say, yeah. So let's see if uh, if we'll get that sorted out. <laughs> yeah, look at that shit, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually um, there's a lot of cool little features in it. Like you can, in GTA Five, there's three main characters that you play as, right? And you can live swap between them while you're playing. So like you can be just running around open world as you do in a GTA game, fucking with the cops and shit, fucking with the one time, and um, with the popo. Yeah, <laughs> and you can just swap to the other players, and they they're carrying on their lives as if you know, like you they don't just stop where you leave them sort of thing they carry on with their lives so in the trailer it shows like you cut to the various people and they're doing whatever their fucking shit is and then it cuts to one of them and he's already in a car chase with cops (laughs) yeah it's pretty good the redneck guy he's like yeah fuck you cops (laughs) and it it seems kind of interesting that like they'll drop you in in the middle of a conversation so you kind of get to see what's going on and then you can just lift out and go into into the other yeah, you know, one of the other characters. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what how it actually plays, like rather than just seeing it from a trailer. I mean, I have faith in Rockstar, but it's a pretty tall order. Mm. Well, I was going to actually ask you. I, I was waiting until we started recording, but uh, do you think from watching that, and if it is all in gameplay and you know all the shit that they're talking about, the depth of the game, the size of the environment, all that kind of crap, um, do you think that there's too many other developers out there that'll be able to pull this off? Oh fuck no! It's pretty incredible. Well, I don't think there's many that go for that kind of game. Like they're pretty. I mean, the, the closest competitor in the open world space like that is probably Saints Row. 
with that yeah. game style, yeah, but there's lots of other open world kind of games. Well, if you look at you look if at you the look main at... the main the main developers of open world, well, of of any AAA games these days, you've got like Bethesda working on Skyrim and Fallout, or sorry, Elder Scrolls and Fallout, those franchises, mm. which you can't really compare to GTA because they're not they're they're kind of a separate class sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. They're more role playing rather than sort of action games. And then you've got like. I was gonna say, I mean, thinking back to La Noire. If you went did the side missions after doing, you know, a few of the main ones, it wasn't chronological. Mm. And True. that made it, made it a little bit inconsistent. Like, that was a floor I looked beyond because it was just such a beautiful game. But if you had gone so far into the game as far as the main quests go and then go, well, I'm going to try these side missions, it's like you'd see people who weren't with you anymore later on, basically. Like, mm. yeah. So I'm a little worried that that may happen with GTA Five. Maybe. Maybe not. I think it should be a, a pretty safe bet that that won't because, I mean, L.A. Noire was team bondi with rockstar sort of overseeing it whereas this one is rockstar studios oh yeah so, yeah yeah and oh, we'll see. they're a bit more of a higher caliber but oh, of yeah, course. it will be yeah. definitely um interesting to see how it works out i mean i've got faith i reckon it's gonna be fucking phenomenal because the last pure rockstar game was like red dead redemption which was apart from a bit slow in sort of Mexico and a couple of other spots where kind of in replaying it, I always just fall away from it with, with Red Dead where I'm like, this game is amazing. But at the same time, well, it was amazing the first time I played it and the second time and third time and whatever that I yeah. turned it on. It's like there's all these flaws that just glaring flaws that jump out at me in the controls and things like that. I don't know if I could actually play... Red Dead a second time through. I don't think I can. I think it's a once once only playthrough. Yeah, I felt the same with GTA 4 as well. So, I mean, hopefully uh, they've kind of worked that out with GTA 5. Yeah, I'm trying to limit what I see in GTA 5. I think I just want to be pleasantly surprised when it comes out. Yeah, I... Th- Mm. It's pretty complex. Like the the gameplay trailer they've brought out, what like three or four minutes long, and it just is really kind of it really quickly goes over some of the changes, some of the new stuff. Like for example, they've spent a lot of time working on mechanics like shooting and driving mm-hmm. to try and make that stuff work a bit better. And then it shows like you can. It's got like car customization, clothes customization, like San Andreas had. Yeah. Um, there's, like, you can do yoga. You can do skydiving. They've got, like, fucking, like fucking cycling, racing, uphill, like, fucking Tour de France style. Better and, with Connect. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, all of this stuff, you know, 
It doesn't say it specifically, but I'd say it, it has a system like um. <laughs> I'm just a Tour de France thing. Like, really? Well, it's not. It's not Tour de France, but it's like that kind of high school racing. Cool. And I'd say it's like um. You know, in San Andreas, when you can go to the gyms and stuff like that and beef, beef up your muscles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, stats, changing your stats and stuff like that, I'd say that'll be important in it. So, I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. – I feel like you could probably watch that trailer and still have your mind blown by the game because I don't think they're going to leak that much stuff about it. That's Like, there's going to be so much surprising shit in that game. It's going to be ridiculous. Let's fucking hope so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I I mean, as I've said multiple times in the last while, I haven't, uh, you know, been playing as many games as I used to with with all the other things going on. But um, a lot of games that I'm playing in the last while are just getting very samesy. And I think it would be fantastic if, uh, you know, there's something that comes out that does just redesign a genre and just completely blow us all away. Well, I feel like Rockstar are pretty good at that. Like, in the past, they've... With each iteration... I mean, even GTA 4s, which is probably my least favourite from the open-world GTAs... Oh, sorry, the 3D open-world ones. So, like, GTA 3, Vice City, San Andreas. Yeah. I think GTA 4 is my least favourite. But even that one... Like, it had... It went... You know... It had like advances in multiplayer. Not that you probably played the multiplayer of GTA 4, <laughs> but a lot of people did, nah. and it and it was very. Um, it sort of just changed the game from what they'd previously been doing. And then, like in terms of character development and and the scripting and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it broke some barriers, but you know, I guess now, looking back at it as a cynic now. It was years and years ago. It was a long time ago, GTA Yeah, so that has been done to death now, and if they don't try and capture something new again... Um, but you're right, I think uh, you know, I think Rockstar's got what it takes, and let's hope that they can. Mm. Well, the three-player three swapping thing is something completely different. True. So mm. from a point... Yeah. Like, that just opens up so many, so many like, potential pathways for the game to play. Unless it's really linear, which it could potentially be, you know. Ooh, one of my favourite words. <laughs> linear. No, seriously, it's a beautiful word. Keep doing it. Well, speaking of linear games, Ooh. we can move on to the next topic. <laughs> I'll just I'll just take over your hosting duties. <laughs> the Last of Us. Yeah. Now, Naughty Dog, speaking of massive developers who are fucking awesome, Naughty Dog have a pretty intense history as PS as Sony exclusive developers. They've got um what Crash Bandicoot was them. Yeah. Jack and Daxter, which is highly underrated because a lot of people I don't think a lot of people played Jack and Daxter, but it was actually really like in in playing the H D remakes of it on my Vita and on my PS3, because I never played them on PS2, but those games are pretty were pretty ahead of their time. Yeah. yeah, and then you've true. obviously got the Uncharted series, and now The Last of Us, which, as of I think yesterday, 
they came out and said that it sold 3.4 million copies since launch. Jesus. <clears throat> that is a fucking... That makes it the highest selling... Um, I think that's the highest selling PS3 exclusive game of all time. Wow. Oh, if it's not, it's fucking closing in on Uncharted 3 fast. <laughs> mm. It was a pretty good game, I'd have to say. The, I've got... I do have a few gripes about it, um, but it, to be honest... It is the only game that I have started in the last long while of playing computer games on anything and wanted to finish it. I wanted to know what happened. I'd become connected with the characters that did a great job of all of that kind of stuff. Um, And it really did make me want to find out what was happening. And story writing in a game has become so... Uh, I guess um, movie-like when you look at things like this. It was so epic and it was so, uh, you know, all all encompassing. Is that the right way to say that? Encompassing. Encompassing, thank you. Sorry, beer got in the way. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it it really did a good job of that. And, you know, like I said, I do have a few gripes about it, but uh, maybe we can keep those for another spoiler uh, episode. Spoiler! <laughs> I don't but want to wreck anything for anyone. We were talking before we started recording about doing a spoiler cast after this, just a short one with me and you, Lucas, because obviously Susie hasn't played it. <laughs> yeah. I, where knows? is my copy? <laughs> Do you where want a copy? It? I was going to send you it, wasn't I? Yes, you were. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. We did send it to you, but these... you're in a coma. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Someone must have stolen it. Oh, I have a feeling this is going to be an ongoing theme. <laughs> And you know what? The next time you guys want me to do something for the site, sorry, I was in a coma. I'm in a coma. <laughs> Don't worry. I can it, play this game too. It hasn't arrived yet, but it's coming. <laughs> right. Um. Anyway, yeah, I'll send it to you. No worries. But um, yeah, it's not bad. It actually isn't the highest selling PS3 exclusive yet but it's the highest-selling entry for a franchise. So, and it's not far off. I mean, what do we got? Gran Turismo 5 is the highest-selling exclusive. No, 5. 5, 10.5 million units globally, according to this site. Jeez. But that's three years ago, so there's still plenty of time. Is that site dropbaygaming.com? No, it isn't. (laughs) You should check it out. See if it's on Dropbaygaming. Yeah, sweet. No, it's not there. Anyway, um, speaking of linear, the reason that Yay. I say this game is linear is because, un- um, like even with Uncharted, Naughty Dog's games are always, you know, there's this big focus by developers these days of giving you choices in games to try and like make it more replayable and stuff like that. Like, oh, you can either be bad or you can be good. Moral choices. Uh huh. And Naughty Dog never ever do that they have their story that they want to tell and they tell it so um the last of us although there's moments where you'd like you you might find yourself thinking geez i wish i had a choice here it plays out well regardless of that and um despite the fact that it's pushing you down a linear path or corridor or hallway or room a lot of it a lot of it yeah a lot of it (laughs) Well, it doesn't feel like that all the time because, you know, you, you go into these areas and then you've got all this 
space to explore between you've got to get from point A to point B, but in the middle there's all this area for you to explore and there's things for you to find. Like you might find there's in every game these days there's collectibles, right? But in The Last of Us, they're not just like, oh yeah, sweet, I've got to collect all these to get the trophy or whatever. It's like you pick up a note and after you read it, you close out of the note and then the characters might discuss the note or like there'll be something about it that they make a comment about and mm. it makes it it makes it more sort of real into the story rather than just being a piece of crap that you pick up and don't even look at. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You and I spoke about that a, a week or so ago and it was interesting because you know I said to you it'd be great if they could, you know, expand on that and when you do pick up things that you have a conversation about it or it becomes an actual real topic of part of the storyline. Um but you know, your uh, your in your wisdom you said, uh, what if the character never actually comes across that or the player never comes across that, therefore the time and the effort of putting that into the story would become irrelevant. Um it's an interesting concept because it was it was really really nice <clears throat> excuse me um <clears throat> to have a game where you can find something um and it become a, an actual topic because like you say it never ever happens and uh, I thought that was really interesting the first time it happened it actually really made me go wow they just talked about it and because I hadn't seen that particularly before, without it seeming like it was a major plot point, um, it was you know really uh, drawing for the story, and I thought that mm. uh, you know Naughty Dog did a great job of that. It just creates these layers that sort of, despite certain gameplay mechanics or gameplay, not even mechanics, just things in the game that kind of might draw you out of the um, immersion of the game. There's mm. these these notes and stuff, and not even just the notes that you pick up. There's like things, part of the scenery and part of the sets that you're walking around in. You know, you walk up to something that if you weren't exploring, you could like this game. You could finish in ten hours. I've heard of people finishing in ten, even less, just by going yes. point to point, running through. I, it took me eighteen hours. An eight, yeah, an eight hour difference. Yeah, that's a big difference to ten hours, and that's mm. because like. You know, whether regardless, like maybe you're playing it on normal or easy or whatever and you just run through and carving it up and not worrying. But for me, I played it on hard and I took my time, moved stealthily, tried to be as stealthy as possible and then like, you know, take in everything, try to explore and find everything. And even then, I only found two-thirds of the fucking collectibles. Mm. And it's like there's things around you that you can walk up to like, like this isn't really a spoiler, but like at one point there's you hear these dogs barking, and I think Ellie says like, "Oh, there's dogs over there," and he says, "Oh, don't go near those dogs. You know they're wild." But you can walk towards them, and the dogs run away. Or there's things where you like you walk upstairs, and there's a writing been written on a wall in a house. And if you hadn't explored, you wouldn't have seen that. And a conversation starts up between the characters before you even pick up any notes or anything, mm. just about what you've just seen, you know. Yeah. And that that kind of st- this. And even speaking of um, notes and stuff that are more part of the game rather than just telling the story, there's a whole series of notes from a person called Ish. Ish. 
later in the game, midway through the game, his name's Ish, I don't know why, but like there's this whole section of the game and because it's a pathway, you're there's like no way you can miss this section of the game, but you could miss all the notes that flesh out what has happened in this place. Mm, and that's the best thing about these notes because as you're going through, you see all the fucked up shit and not even from the notes, just by looking, you can look at a building at how nature is overtaking it, which by the way, <clears throat> makes a real difference from other zombie apocalypse games. Usually everything's real drab and dark and sort of brownie and gray color palettes. Mm. Whereas in The Last of Us, it's much more about how nature is overtaking the world again, sort of reclaiming its place. Yeah, it really allows you to actually really you know, take in the environment and look around a hell of a lot in some positions. And you know, that, that's pretty important for a game like this because it, it focuses on that as a part of, you know, this is the story of two people who have gone through an apocalypse and, you know, through a zombie takeover and all that kind of crap. And, uh, you know, you've got to, I guess, take the time to appreciate the fact that you're alive sometimes. Mm. Susie, you'd probably understand becoming nearly a zombie recently. Yeah, yeah, mm. actually. Um, I was sort of thinking about that side of things just then, to be honest. Because <laughs> if there actually was an apocalypse that did occur in the last two weeks, I'd be screwed because, I mean, my lungs are fucked, basically. Mm, survival so, of the fittest. Yeah. yeah like I'd in be uh, Zombieland. Zombieland, mm, that's it, yep. cardio. That's right. Yeah, you got to go. It reminds me of um, the start, the first episode of The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead was when he wakes up. Twenty-eight days later was the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that I thought about in hospital, and it was not healthy at all. So, (laughs) don't think about the zombie apocalypse when you're in hospital. That's only fair. That's good advice for anyone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so we we can talk more about The Last of Us on a little spoiler cast. Yeah, I'm going to spoil um, the shit out of it. I mean, that game, if you... I'm going to spoil it like it's my fucking grandchild. <laughs> Honestly, guys, if, <laughs> if you've got a PS3, listeners, and you haven't got The Last of Us yet, do yourself a favor and get it. Like, it's not your standard game of, like, running gun action. It's a lot slower pace than you would expect from Naughty Dog after playing Uncharted and stuff like that. It's a way slower pace, way more story-based. I mean, Uncharted do have really awesome stories, but it's nothing on this. This is a fucking masterpiece. So you would yeah. be, you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not ever play The Last of Us. So that's about a three and a half rubber chickens. <laughs> it's like a fucking 50 out of 10 wow damn wow the game for, but like beside its flaws I suppose we should take a minute to talk about the flaws which no. is the, let's just spoil it this, later no it's not a spoiler it's just like <laughs> so regardless of the, it has an awesome story the settings are awesome the pacing is fucking maybe iffy sometimes but if you're that deep into the game as you should be like if you get it don't fucking play it in drips and drabs play it in like chunks large <laughs> chunks so that you can get immersed in it because you it's fucking awesome like but a the thing winter is, it, soup <laughs> <laughs> the 
The thing is, it doesn't really let you, though. Like, it's not the kind of game that just lets you play a little bit and then have time off. You know, like, this is the kind of game, like I said, you do become attached to these characters and you do get drawn into the story. And as... It's like you said about when you were playing it the other, that night and you were like, oh, I'll just play this for a little while. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty silly. And then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> yeah. But it is like that. You know, you, you don't want to. And then the fact is that you get upset that you have to turn it off and go to bed <laughs> and all you want to do is just keep going because you just want to know what happens in that little bit more it's kind of like a uh, you know a to be continued at every episode and it gets frustrating because if you're not going to bang it out as fast as you can then you are end up you you will end up just you know thinking about it all the time wanting to get back to it just knowing what's going to come next it's pretty good well done hmm that but, wasn't um, really a, uh, a con, but that's okay. Well, the the main flaw, and you'll notice this as soon as you start playing the game. So whatever is um and try like it's it's something that takes you out of the immersion pretty like harshly, but um, if you can look past it, that's a good idea because <laughs> the game overall is fantastic. But um, AI characters while you're running around, you hide from humans and um what are they called the zombies they're like runners. runners and clickers and shit um you're hiding behind a box or something and then all of a sudden one of the ai characters will just run across the room to hide yeah. somewhere else yeah. and they can just like i've i saw moments where like the there's enemies walking around searching for me and then ellie or one of the other NPCs just like is somewhere on the other side of the room and decides that it's a good idea to come and hide behind the box next to you and they just run straight past the enemy <laughs> and the enemy's just like hmm I wonder where they are yeah <laughs> which yeah, it's pretty amazing that they're that invisible yeah I mean it takes you out of it but at the same time that would be super fucking annoying if it it blew yeah. your cover every time so it would because it does happen quite often especially in the beginning of the game um, didn't happen so much in later stages that I noticed particularly, but I probably was going a lot slower the further I got into the game as well. Um, but yeah, at, at the beginning, there's it it does become very nerve-wracking in that way because you're sitting there and you're like, all right, there's all these dudes around, I need to find a path, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, one of your companions just runs in front of a box around three other people and then hides the other side of the room. And it's like, what have you just done? They, yeah. they all know we're here, but yet no one does. So, right. but that's there is a really cool um, mechanic where I think it's the right trigger you hold down, and and Joel crouches down, and and it's like a listening mode where you can sort of tell where the enemies are within a certain range, just by he crouches and everything goes black and white, and it shows through walls where um, where the enemies are which on Survivor difficulty, which you unlock after completing the game on any mode, it removes that feature, which surprised me <laughs> because it's fucking hard without it. Well, it, it was also a- like, as you said, it was a listening thing. So if there is somebody standing still, sometimes it doesn't pick them up. But if, if they're like a zombie that's moaning, you can hear them. Or if there's two dudes having a chat or there's someone walking. Um, but there are occasions where you do crouch down, you listen, 
you can't hear anything and then you move and you know you walk into a room and there's just been a dude standing in a corner like just I don't know, having to think and yeah you didn't actually hear them because they weren't making any noise and that that you know is a good thing to me because you've got all these other games where there's like heart rate monitors and all this other shit that will pick up anyone from anywhere and it was kind of good that they thought of that because you know yes it it is a realistic kind of thing i suppose you know you're not going to hear somebody who's making any noise you're not going to know they're in a room but the dudes that are making noise you will be able to hear mm. so it doesn't just particularly give it away <clears throat> But anyway, nice. yeah, I think we should move on from The Last of Us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah reiterate, game is awesome. Fucking get it. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope I actually do get it soon. <laughs> Guys. Co- I told you, it's comaing. I'm not in the, I'm not in a coma anymore. <laughs> Prove it. I'll send it. I'll send it. I'll send it tomorrow. I fucking should have sent it today. I completely forgot I was going to send that what to you. What do you mean you did send it today? I mean, She'll I sent it, it like week. ages ago. There, it's lost nah, in the post. Nah. I actually sent something out today. Copy of Injustice for the, the finger bum. <laughs> our, our faithful listener. <laughs> he he won it from our competition, so congrats. So I'll take on the next topic as well, since no one you know, knows what it is. Hotline Miami was a. Uh, have you heard of Hotline Miami, Susie? I've heard of, don't know much about. So originally it was a indie game released on Steam, I believe. Right. PC exclusive, and it's a top-down um, 2D shooter. It's very strange, very fast-paced, where you run in. This is you, that Vita one you've got, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So now it was originally on PC. Now it's available on uh, PS3 and Vita. Right. And it's fucking insane. So um, it kind of looks like... Sorry to break you there. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me of the uh, GTA 1 and 2 top-down kind of things, but a shitload more uh, intense. I suppose, and faster, a hell of a lot faster. Whereas GTA is a an sort of open world thing, these are just like small levels. But in terms of art style, it's very similar to the original Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. With the, the top-down sort of thing. So you start a level and you run into this building or whatever, and behind in certain rooms there'll be enemies who can hear you if you shoot guns and they'll come after you and stuff. And they if they spot you, you're basically dead immediately. So the trick is to get in and kill everyone <laughs> as quickly as possible without them seeing you or by fucking letting them see you just long enough to strategically lure them out into another room and you get the most you get more points for doing it quicker using different weapons um if you open a door where someone's standing behind a door it'll fucking smash them and knock them out, and then you can bash their head on the ground. <laughs> it's extreme. It's like ultra violent. Yeah, it's, it seems that way. And um, mm. but it's all pixelated anyway, so it's not you know but massive it, it, graphics. Despite that, it's it's kind of disturbing at the same time. We got <laughs> like the the graphics lower it down a bit, but even then, it's so it's just intense. And the music behind it, it's uh, all chip tunes, like bit music. 
eight bit style music, and um, yeah, it's just it's hard to explain it, but it's incredible. <laughs> and if you can, it's really challenging. The best thing about it is if you die, you just press X and you immediately start the level again, no loading. So right. you can run in, die, X, run in, die. You, so you can die on a level like a fucking hundred times. Does it count against you? Is there nah. any like, okay. It just resets sort of thing. Yeah. So there's no score per level. It's just get through or die. Um, well, basically you get a grading at the end of each level. The, the highest score points you get, you unlock more masks. And these masks are... So basically, you walk into the rooms wearing a certain rubber mask of like a chicken or a horse or a tiger or whatever. <laughs> of course. And, and each, As you do. Yeah, Just sorry. like in real life. And, um, <laughs> because basically, wow, these you're video gun, games are so realistic. You're a gun for hire. And so you, this, the, each level starts by you in your house and you walk up to your answering machine and there's a message and it directs you where to go. And so you go to wow. this place with, and then outside of it, you get to pick which mask you want to wear, and each mask has a separate <laughs> thing. Like one will make you make you kill people with one punch, one like one punch kills. Another one will make more guns show up in levels. Another one will uh, make it if someone's standing behind a door and you open the door onto them, they'll die instantly. So like things like that that can change the way you play the game, and. Um, which is kind of cool. It gives it an almost replayability just to be able to see what happens with it. And like on yeah, top of wear that, a different mask. Yeah. Shit. The thing is, the different ways to kill people are worth different amounts of points. And the idea is, the more points you get, if you get a high score on a level, not necessarily the highest score, but if you get a certain score for each level, at the end of the level, you unlock a new mask that does a certain thing, or you unlock new weapons that. Because all the weapons that appear on the in the level, random. They're all random. And um, as you play, you'll unlock more weapons so that they'll kind of come up randomly. And then at the end of the level, you get a grading like A, A minus, B plus, all that kind of shit, that style. And so the replayability is trying to beat the score and beat the leaderboard, beat your friends on the leaderboards. So it has a certain... Um, it sounds very odd. It is extremely odd, but fucking intense and fun. I was enjoying it, playing it, and I don't. Know, okay. I think it's kind of. I think it's like fifteen bucks or something, which is kind of expensive for a downloadable game. But then again, not really. And right. I think there's a demo available, so if you guys are out there with a PS3 or a Vita and you want to try it. You can most certainly do that if there's a demo, but I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, I had a really interesting conversation with my parents um, yesterday or the day before. I was telling them about Lollipop Chainsaw and the look on their face when I was telling them about it was just, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Complete, like, disbelief. Yeah, like... It was almost like I wasn't speaking English. <laughs> it's pretty that's much game, what though. it was. Oh, that's the, I that's love the kind it. of style, like, well, not really, but like different art style completely and different. Yeah. Sort of thing, but like running in, doing crazy shit, trying to get combos by killing as many. Because you can play it like slow and steady and taking it easy and like wait at the door of a room, 
because you can see yeah. it overhead and you can see where the enemies are and you try to time it. Or you can just run in and try and kill as many people as fucking quickly as you can to get, because for each one within a certain time, you get a combo bonus. Yeah. Points. And so, and then if you die, it's like X, restart the level immediately. So it's just super fast paced. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's certainly, it, it sounds like it's got that sort of, that oddness to it, but it sounds like it's really violent, but it's kind of hidden amongst other things, so it's not actually all that violent, really. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people talking about it before it came out on the PSN, when it was yeah. a PC-only game, <clears throat> and they mentioned that, like, it gets to the point where the violence is so extreme and you're doing, you're like just mass murdering that it gets to the point where you start to question and you, you start to kind of start to feel bad about it. Yeah. And that's a kind of interesting angle for a game to take where it's like the same thing happens in the last of us where you're doing this kind of brutal stuff and you know that the zombies still have humanity in them. They just have no control over their mo- motor skills because this the the virus in it is a fungus that has infected their brain and can it's take... It's a control. fungus. Yeah, there's a video. Right. I'll post the video to a BBC... It's like a David Attenborough video about the cordyceps fungus, which is the fungus in the game. And the cordyceps fungus actually affects insects in rainforests not to the point where they're walking around like zombies but it basically like takes over their motor control so that they are like have no control over where they're going and then they die somewhere and spores grow out of them and then burst and the idea is that when a spe- there's a cert- there's actually a different cordyceps fungus for every single species of insect like they each affect only one type of insect Right. And the idea is that if a certain species is getting too widespread, like there's too many of them, yeah. it's much easier for the spores to spread and kill out a whole bunch of them. So it won't wipe out an entire race, uh, an entire species, but it will keep them from getting too out of hand. And so that was the concept behind Naughty Dog's idea with this. And it's like, well, humans are kind of taking over the world. Yeah. So what happens if spores started spreading, you know? Well, I guess that's interesting having it as a fungus, not a virus, like a lot of zombie lore is based on, if that makes sense. Because mm. it's usually a virus. Yeah, that's what sets it apart as well, because it's a completely different angle for it. Well, it makes it a bit more refreshing, because I think it was the last podcast uh, that I said that... I've got real zombie fatigue happening at the moment. Like, every fucking thing is about zombies. Mm. Like, even my cat looked like a zombie today, and I'm thinking, this is insane. Stop it. <laughs> Enough. But, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty intrigued to have a look at the game. So, you know, chop, chop. Mm. Please, 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 yeah, please. No worries. I'll get it to you. But I'll, I'll post a link to that YouTube video of the David Attenborough thing. It's only like three minutes. I'll put, I'll put it in the um, the show notes for any of you out there who want to see it. Yeah. What Cordyceps virus actually is. It's fucking incredible. Mm. So, um, 
yeah, definitely have a look at that video. But um, yeah, Hotline Miami is fucking crazy. Um, hot. Oh, it's just ultra violent and fun and um, etc. etc. So, yes, that, well, that is that, that was uh, interesting. So we'll move on to the next one then. Yeah. Um, which would be Fuse, which is not uh, only the name of the game, but it's the name of the game. <laughs> which will sound strange to anybody. Just like it's a knockout. <laughs> exactly. There we it go. Is. Because I, Matt and I played this for a little while. There's a bit of co-op. Yeah. Um, it's a four-player co-op, third-person shooter for those who playing at home. Or that aren't yet. And I was in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> it's on its way. No, she's already got it. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> we should be playing that three-player co-op. That's we right. Should. Fuck this podcast. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste of time. But it, it, the, the fuse is the weaponry. And it is obviously the name of the game. Basically, That's, yeah, that was my whole little spin on it. Yeah, That's all that I was know close. so far. It was close, <laughs> but still no cigar. Fuse is actually this alien fucking energy source or something, which the American government has found and is keeping in a special little fucking underground thing, That's using scary. it for for weapons testing and developing all these new weapons, and so. During the game, you've got four four main characters that are playable, and um, if you're playing single player or two Julian player, Assange. <laughs> no, that would be hilarious. Anyway, sorry. I don't know if he has the military skills required for the job. <laughs> he just he leaked all the information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so as, when you're playing as single player or two player or or, or three player, you can actually swap to the um, the fourth character. All four characters are in the game, just AI controlled, and you can swap in between them. And each character has a special weapon that is fuse-infused. <laughs> it's a fusion of fuse. Exactly. And um, and it, it allows special, like, special abilities, such as one guy's gun shoots out a shield in front of you. And, um, and it obviously shields you. <laughs> and then it's pretty cool. One of the other ones that that I used had this weapon where it would take about five or six actual hits to kill somebody, but you can actually tag different people as you go. So you can shoot like five dudes once, and the last dude shoot him ten times or whatever, and he'll eventually get so uh, charged by this weapon that he'd explode, and then the others would explode in a chain reaction. So if you had a room full of guys, you could just spray for a little bit until you tried to get as many as you possibly could with at least one shot and then just target on one until he blew up and then the rest would just pop in the background. Mm. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and then if you shoot, if you, you can combine the weapons as well. So if you shot that through a shield, then it would change the effects of the weapon again. And, um, and th- there's a whole point system where uh, you get... if you, So... For every time someone shoots through the shield, the guy who's holding the shield gets points for the kill. So it's a whole like it, it kind of brings a new level to the co-op. It's actually um 
by Insomniac Games who did uh, Ratchet and Clank and Resistance and stuff like that. It was their first um, non-PS3 exclusive game, I believe. <clears throat> it was okay. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It's pretty good. Yeah. It was um, average to above average. Probably above average. It depends know. what you're putting it up against. I mean, you know, there's a fair few good four-player co-op type games now. Borderlands 2 would be probably one of the better ones I've played recently. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, Fuse didn't even light the candle near it. Yeah, well, that's... that's... It blew, did it blow a fuse? It didn't even come <laughs> close to lighting it on fire. Oh, it's kind of it's you can't really compare Fuse to Borderlands though because Borderlands is more like Borderlands you can play that single player right yeah yeah and it's, and it's more loot based it's more loot based whereas Fuse yeah. is more linear it is it is <laughs> linear but it's more like <laughs> Sorry. because isn't Borderlands more kind of open worldy. I don't know, I haven't oh, played Borderlands. Yeah. Not really open world, but the stages are a lot more open than this. Like, this mm. did have specific checkpoints down hallways. Yeah, and, because it's, know, a, it's, a, it's your standard military shooter. Yeah, yeah. But um, Borderlands does, you know, put a difference on that a bit, I guess. It's much more focused on the co-op, I think. Like, obviously, mm. Borderlands uses co-op, but Fuse... At all times, there is four characters there, regardless of whether there's four people playing as them. Mm. And they all work together, regardless of whether four people are playing as them. So you can't really compare it to Borderlands beyond the fact that it's a co-op game, I guess. That's true. So I mean, I'll, I'll yield to your uh, more experienced knowledge. I just give props to them for trying something different with it. It wasn't quite the best it could be, but it was a, a decent start. Mm. I don't know how well it sold because it was published by EA, but they didn't really market it that well, I don't think. Like, I didn't see anything about it, and then it came out, and it was kind of like, eh. Yeah. Unfortunately, to be completely honest, I'd probably give it a rating somewhere a little bit above boring, um, which is really harsh, but uh, it, it just didn't do anything for me mm. and it's a real shame because it did have potential and you know there was a bit of banter between the four characters and you could see how that was kind yeah, of it was kind of gears of war though yeah with the like yeah. fucking lame one-liners and shit very true mm -hmm. but then again we didn't play through it that much and there is a lot more to it that we haven't seen yet so yeah i mean i think it'd be worth giving a bit more time but at the same time you know the mechanics are good in terms of the the counter the working together with the weapons and stuff like that, but there was some buggy stuff in it and just kind of uninspired. Yeah, it's like the the fucking one-liners, man. Are we not beyond that? Like <laughs> we've got we got fucking games like The Last of Us. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask. Fucking now. amazingly, is is it getting to the point now where? Maybe it's just me. I'm, I am, you know, like I said, I'm not playing as many games as I used to because I'm just not getting any kind of wow factor in games anymore. You games demand are becoming satisfaction. Yeah, and and games are coming out now at a such a prolific rate that if they don't grab your grab your attention, grab your enthusiasm, and just run with it, then are they worth playing? And 
you know, it, it's a really negative kind of feeling to have because you look at all these games and all the hype that are around certain games and you just kind of think, mm, I just don't know if it's going to be worth me spending my time to do this, which is a real you know, bit of a shame because there are some very good uh, games that are coming out. Um, but I guess in the other side of things, you know, things like uh, The Last of Us were actually worth it. They did live up to the hype and they were what you expected them to be and they did grab you. But It wasn't the... even really what what we expected, I don't think. It just it fucking blew... I mean, I, speaking from my own point of view, it fucking blew me out of the water. Yeah, well, I'd agree. But that's what I'm kind of looking for now and it's a real shame. I mean, you know, I think... The, Innovation. The really. movie industry's seen a big problem in this for quite a while because all it is is just the same stories coming out with different actors or mm. the same... Just regurgitating. Uh, like yeah, this. regurgitated theme, and it just continues constantly. And, you know, if if developers are going to take storylines, like, for instance, Fuse, which is, you know, a little bit of an adaption on the same kind of a thing that we've seen multiple times now for the last 10 years, um, it, it's just going to continue to bore people. And... You know, even the sports games now are coming out. You play 10 minutes of them and you're like, yeah, I can see the difference they've made on the games that they've made in the last couple of years, but there's just no big difference anymore. You basically, you play one, you play them all. It's getting to that point. Yeah, yeah I and agree. Yeah, I, I feel it's like a real shame. I feel like it's good for us to be picky about it, though, because it, it drives this innovation. I mean, they've, they tried to do something new with Fuse, like the themes, the story and that's kind of stuff are uninspired. The writing's kind of uninspired, but they did try with the mechanics. They just needed to put more effort into certain other areas. And I know making a game is fucking hard. Mm. It's not as simple as going, well, maybe we should fucking do this and then you can just do it. You know, there's fucking a lot of work that goes into these things. So props to them for making the game. And that's why, I mean, that's why it's a shame that it wasn't marketed as well as it could have been because there's a fucking ton of people out there who play video games who aren't as picky as us, you know? Your average Joe would pick up Fuse and be like, fuck yeah, man, I can play this game with my three mates, we'll get on the fucking piss, shoot some fucking dudes. Awesome. (laughs) If you're from South Central. (laughs) But, you know what I mean? We've got to... sort of not get too carried away with the fact that we like it's good for us to drive innovation by being picky and demanding better games I, I think so oh, yes and but at no the same, but yeah but at the same time it's like well you know you gotta Fuck. keep gotta keep a fucking else. yeah I mean look I love video games you guys know I do but you know I think there's sort of, there's got to, you've really got to draw a line in the sand and say, how much is this really going to bug me? Yeah. Mm. But like, I mean, when it comes to how much time you have, like with Lucas, he doesn't have a lot of time to play games. Exactly. So exactly. you have to be more picky with your games. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just depends on the individual, but I mean, I think sometimes people can just be too picky. Mm. Yeah, very true. It yeah. is kind of our job, though. 
As, as reviewers, it's our job to be. Picky. It's our job to be um, constructive, not destructive. Yeah, true. But at the same time, you can't like, regardless of reviewers, if a game isn't marketed, like you can market a bucket of shit and sell fucking millions. Oh, of course. If you market it correctly. Yeah. If look, if I knew how to do that, fuck, I'm out of here. Yeah. Thanks, man. Just dump it. God. Just mind, like that's that's just my problem with <laughs> that's just the problem with um with Fuse. Like EA have a fuck ton of money. They could have marketed it better. But no one fucking knew about it. The game was a week from launch and you could say, Oh, what do you think of Fuse? And people would be like, What the fuck is that? Even people in the fucking games industry didn't know what the fuck it was. I don't know what EA are doing at the moment. They're smoking something. It's just fucking annoying because that's... Maybe they should give their writers something to smoke and then they'd be a little bit more creative. <laughs> two years, right? <laughs> it takes two years to make a game. Two to three years. Certain games take longer. Fucking Bioshock Infinite was like a fucking five-year development cycle. Uh, what did I say? Yeah, Infinite. No, you said it. I said Bioshock. it too. Bioshock Infinite. Because it was infinite. Yeah, they had like no, a five-year fucking so. development well, cycle on that like game. Like Jude Nukem Forever. It took forever. forever. Yeah, well, that yeah. was a bucket of shit. But, like, <laughs> the point is, you know, how much money gets fucking pumped out to pay the developers to make these games and then you won't pay a bit extra to fucking market it so it actually sells and is worth money? I don't know. Ask Team Bondi. <laughs> well... That, that, was bad. that was bad management <laughs> by them. That was. It was such that a wasn't, shame. That wasn't Rockstar, because Rockstar published that, and so it was Rockstar's job to obviously advertise it. And I'm pretty sure it broke at least even. But there was just fucking ridiculously bad management down in Sydney by the fucking management there. And um, management. Yeah, fucking top-heavy businesses. Kill them. <laughs> Unless it means the games get marketed and they fucking sell. The Last of Us was like the first fucking game that Sony have published and marketed well. That yeah, game, right. That, everyone knew about that fucking game. Yeah. But then again, at every single, you know, community-based, you know, get-together, there was something that they strategically placed. Um, you know, like you think of all the, the, you know, shows and all the stuff that's been going on the last couple of years since it was first put out there, um, there's been some little teaser mm. and there's been some little, just, it didn't even cost them much, I don't think, but it was just some little, here's another little clip and it made you salivate. You know, you were sitting there looking at it going, wow, this looks okay. But at the same time, it looks the same as a lot of the other trailers that were coming out. It looks the same as do- you know a dozen other things that were happening at the time, and yet they still didn't particularly give you all the information. So when you did get to play it, it was it was different to what you expected. Mm. But it, even on top of that, they've they've run TV ads for it. You know, yeah. Like you go on YouTube because you know. To be fair, most people who own a PS3. Don't fucking read gaming websites. They don't follow E3 and that kind of stuff. You go on YouTube and watch any fucking video, and there's a f- when the game came out, there was a fair chance the ad that came up was going to be a fucking Last of Us ad. They were running mm. ads on TV. You know, 
that kind of stuff to to get attention from the mainstream audience as much as we like to think that our sites are important in in terms of the comparison of the amount of the audience the purchasing gamer audience who are going to buy the game the vast fucking majority of them do not visit gaming websites they're the average joe sitting at home watching tv and then during the walking dead a fucking advert the last of us comes on and they're like whoa that looks fucking sick more zombies yeah but i guess that kind of goes hand in hand with sony's commitment to the game sony's knowledge of naughty dog and their expectation of it as well i mean did they did anybody expect fuse to be anything so therefore no one paid for it to be anything yeah which is to me that's a fucking betrayal by the publisher yeah because the game should have had more support if you're going to publish a fucking game support it mm. do you honestly like ea are rich as fuck but that doesn't mean they have to be stupid with their money yeah. you don't you don't sign a contract with someone saying yeah we'll publish your game and then you fucking leave them in the lurch by not advertising it and that's what Sony have learned. I mean, you look at games like Resistance 3 and, you know, fucking every single PS3 exclusive up until The Last of Us, the fucking advertising. Look at Little Big Planet Karting. That's a major franchise. Little Big Planet is a major franchise. Yeah. And there was like no fucking ads for it. No one. It came and went like a fucking tumbleweed. No one knew it happened. Whatever. <laughs> You know, Sony have been notorious for fucking years as being shit at fucking marketing games. They spend so much money and have so many fucking awesome exclusives and developers working for them. They just don't fucking market it. And then they sell like shit and then they lose money. And it's like, fuck, man. You have this, you have, like, you look at Microsoft. They have nowhere near as many exclusives as, as Sony. And yes, they are better quality. You could argue, but <laughs> they fucking put cash into them. They market the fuck out of them. You'll see ads for a fucking Gears of War game. You'll see ads yeah. for a fucking Halo game. You won't see ads for fucking Infamous. Mm. And Infamous is an amazing game. The Last of Us, they finally fucking figured it out and they've marketed it well. And oh, look, 3.4 million sold. And it's the fucking highest selling entry to a fucking franchise ever for PS3. Yeah. Congrats. (laughs) Oh, well done. Yeah. Let's hit this final topic and then we can continue drinking these beers that are making us ridiculous. Yeah, sorry, Suze. I'm sure you didn't (laughs) want to live to just go through this. (laughs) Fucking hell. It's all right. I mean, if you guys are drinking, I'm on drugs. It's all good. Let's we swap like the Essendon football team. Let's just swap. <laughs> uh, AFL yeah, jokes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right, yeah. Last topic. We're, we're about to mention the last topic. And the last the topic last. is the fact that um, even though we've become broad-minded people down here in, in, in Australia, in the Southern Hemisphere, we've just, you know, six months ago brought out an entire 18-plus genre where you can basically make anything that you want which would not offend people or will offend people and people still have that choice to buy it or not. And we still get fucked in the ass like we're some kind of crazy porno fiend. 
And it pisses me off because we've got two games now <laughs> that have been released that even though we have an 18 plus, you know, we still get games that are withheld from us. And yeah, refused classification is the technical yeah, term. Those C words. <laughs> As in, they could see a better way of doing it. They couldn't see us playing these games. Because if they're going to bring out an 18 plus, which is basically an an open slather for people to go and make your own fucking decision as an adult to purchase something or not, we're still denied that opportunity because they're taking away our opportunity to actually do that. So, therefore, as a consumer and as an adult and as a person of voting age and the ability to make my own decisions on a global scale, why the fuck can't I go into a shop and buy something or not that I want to or not? Hmm. That's a fair because point. Because we're a, we're a country of prudes. Nanny state. It is a nanny state. It's a nanny fucking country. So for those of you who haven't caught on, <laughs> <laughs> Saints Row 4 was refused classification. And what was the other one? Um, there was a zombie game for Xbox or Xbox One. Oh, you're or kidding something. me. Um, yeah. No, I can't. Oh, remember. man. We're real, we're real organized. The main, the main point is Saints Row 4. Right there. there is something very wrong with this country. <laughs> See, there's a C word. <laughs> state of Decay. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, yes. So State of Decay actually looked pretty fucking good. Yeah, I had a friend game. playing it saying it was excellent. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, rub it in. Fucking hell. So that ain't coming out here for now. No, as it stands at this moment. So Sancho 4 was... Um, both of these games, they kind of show just a huge inconsistency in how the classification board works. And this inconsistency was there before. It's yeah. nothing new. It just puts it out in the open again. The fact that certain things get through and certain other things don't. Like Sancho 4, the issue is there's an, anal, an alien anal probe gun. Right. So for anyone who's played Saints Row, you know that the game is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. There is nothing realistic about it, okay? It's fucking stupid and ridiculous and awesome, but ridiculous, right? Yeah. So this weapon, it's like the dildo bat from Saints Row the Third, except that it's a gun and it has, like, prongs around the dildo and you walk up behind innocent victims... <laughs> And point it at their ass and pull the trigger. And I believe it violates them and then shoots them in the sky and they blow up like a firework. Right. What's so bad about that? The, We've uh, all had that dream. The fact yeah. that it's... it's so realistic. The, <laughs> the classification board's issue with it, I believe, was something along the lines of the fact Drug that use. it's interactive sodomizing of a, of a person who has not given consent. Oh, my God. So basically rape, anal rape. They signed a consent form to be in that game. But there's also issues about <laughs> drug use in the game because you, you sell alien narcotics or something Oh my as well. God. Now, really? Yes, fair enough. This stuff might offend people, but it's an R18 rating. It's a fucking cartoony, ridiculous game, so it's not realistic at all, right? Mm. So how the fuck come we can't make our own decision to buy it or not? 
And the thing that pisses me off as well is that, yes, this is a video game. Yes, I have a controller in my hand, which really disconnects me from the actual ability to do anything. Well, that's um, that's the whole issue, you right. You you get your yeah. R18 movies and stuff that have exactly. this fucking crazy shit in it, but we can't have it in a game because it's interactive. That's Ooh. right, because I'm pointing the gun sights at some dude's ass with a little fucking toggle in my hand. Exactly, which is ridiculous, by yeah. the way. I know, so we're not going to uh, you know bang on about it, but we'll see how it plays out. My concern that I you know said to Matt earlier tonight was, if GTA Four was, or sorry, GTA Three was disallowed entry into Australia because of the whole you know you pick up a chick and then you you might have to pay for services rendered and then you beat the shit to death and then you take it back. <laughs> I don't um, think they refer to them as shit. Shit. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's another word for it. Sex worker. Yeah, that'll Beat the do. sex worker to death. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but if that happens in real life, then, you know, if I had a controller in my hand or not, I've still done it and I go to prison. Um, why can't I make that choice as an adult to want to do that in a game? Yeah, and I know that really fucking sounds terrible when I say it out loud, but I'm an adult. And if I want to do something fucking ridiculous in an environment that does not hurt anyone, then yeah. why aren't I given that fucking option to do that? A, a slightly better metaphor <laughs> rather than <laughs> fucking beating up sex workers is like simple. GTA, yeah. you jump in a car and you can plow down pedestrians. GTA yeah. 1 fucking celebrated when you ran down a fucking whole line of people in a row. Well, Carmageddon yeah. was made on that basis. Exactly, right? So, but, so it's okay for us to mow down people in our cars, which we actually could do in real life. But we but don't. But not shoot people in the ass with an anal probe gun, which will turn oh, into yeah. a firework, which you cannot <laughs> fucking do in real life because it does not make any sense. <laughs> but then again, because of things like you know Star Trek, we now have you know automatic opening doors. So I think they mean... were around. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was a Star Trek thing. Just it's does just that a mean thing that, that happened. In the very near future, some crazy scientist is going to come out with an anal rape machine, and we're all going to end up being fireworks at ten thousand feet. Cool. With the sore hearts. <sighs> well, anyway, sounds a bit far fetched to me. Human Centipede hey. is a movie that you can go and watch. Yeah, you can hire it from your local block. You can hire Human Centipede, which is a ridiculous i'm not going to fucking explain the concept if you don't know what it is you can either wikipedia it or not at your own fucking risk i was was about to say after the ordeal i've just had over the last three weeks i don't know i think it sounds pretty tame i had a goddamn (laughs) feeding tube in my nose that went into my stomach it is it was the worst thing i think I've ever experienced in hospital. Well, could you imagine what an alien anal rape gun would feel like now? Probably be the same thing, just in reverse. Yeah, at least you get to be a firework at the end of it. Yeah, true. You just got to live. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we should probably wrap it up because we're starting to get a bit fucking ridiculous. (laughs) So I'm going to say, all else apart... Um, Susie, it is great to have you with us still. 
Um, Thank you. <laughs> part of this podcast, you're an amazing part of this website. Um, and more than anything else, you're probably an amazing friend. So we are really grateful to have you still around. Great to Thank hear you. Thank you. And Thank everyone you so else out much. there, say hi as well. And I cannot wait for PAX next weekend. We are going to have a fucking ball, Susie. And if any of you listeners are going, fucking catch up with us. We're going to have, if these shirts arrive on time, we're going to have <laughs> shirts that have a fucking giant drop bear on the front. They say drop bear gaming. Come and fucking say good day. <laughs> and if you want a shirt, you can definitely pay us for them. <laughs> <laughs> Leave messages, get in contact with us. Um, you know, podcast at dropbeargaming.com. At least two thirds of us are still on, uh, you know, the social media. Um, and, you know, there's other ways. I'm sure there's other ways. <laughs> Look us up somehow, somewhere. Facebook, Twitter, all the usual ones. Google Drop Bear Gaming. In fact, why don't you just go to dropbeargaming.com? There's a link literally at the top of the page for Twitter and Facebook. See? Yeah. Perfect. Just for something different, you guys could visit the website. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking Maybe. for anything exotic, dropbeargaming.com. Um, there's also the ability somehow to, you know, get yourself some really cool stuff if you go to dropbeargaming.com. Um, you won't win anything or be given anything, but you can get some really good insight into some other stuff. Um, but anyway, that's it. You know what? I'm thinking one thing that we should end the episode on is um, the PlayStation fiasco I had in hospital. I think <laughs> our listeners really need to hear about this. So I was adamant when I was conscious that my PlayStation was somewhere in the hospital. And this went on for about four days. Every nurse changeover, I would say, have you seen my PlayStation? And they looked at me funny, like, it's not in the inventory. You didn't bring it on the ambulance with you. We can't find it. And I'm writing, because I couldn't even, I had no use of my vocal cords, and I'm writing notes to my mum and the nurses saying, where is my PlayStation? And then That Mexican this, nurse stole it. And oh, then wow. this nurse came in, and I pointed at her, and I went, my PlayStation's at your house. And this nurse looks at me and says, I have never seen you before in my life. <laughs> and then, a likely story. And then eventually, you know, the drugs are wearing off and I'm sitting there and I realise there is no way I rang an ambulance and unplugged my PlayStation and sat at the front of my house with my PlayStation in my arms to get on a fucking ambulance. <laughs> but and then I again, got her so home. if there's anybody in the world that would do that, I'd probably have to say you're in top ten. But I find it funny that it, I was so fixated on my PlayStation considering that I am the expert of the drop bears. <laughs> is it an omen? Yeah, what it's is a bit it? weird. So, you're changing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that near death experience has really given you some kind of, uh, you know, extra sensual kind of uh, understanding of the whole console wars. I think Making so. Sides. 
Yeah. I think, well, I'm probably seeing the good in everything now, you know. I'm going I'm gonna start being one of these nice asshole people who <laughs> basically God, I'm everything. Hanging up. Sorry, oh no. No way. No, <laughs> none of that shit. But just, you know, let's let's all be happy and hold hands and sing kumbaya. <laughs> like we did earlier. Okay, earlier, yes. <laughs> no homo. No. <laughs> well, I think we've just about rounded up the whole entire list of people we shouldn't have, uh, you know, offended upset this episode. We actually have a question by email. Should we do it or? Sure. Oh my god! Yes. It's from. Holy shit! Speak of the devil. It's from the finger bum. Oh. And he said he wants to know what our first ever console was and what our first what our most favorite game is i assume that means on the first ever console of all time of all time so who wants to go first i'll go first my first okay so i had a um like one of those shitty old dos computers that doesn't really count as a console but that was my first one of my first gaming experiences they weren't shitty they were awesome yeah they were they were they were um, i did but, hate that thing because you'd have to write everything yeah like, i loved basic it basic run star dot star and all that kind of shit and you're just yeah. like oh wow go to C- 10 CD yeah. Dot dot. yeah create never-ending loops fuck yeah i was all about that shit <laughs> no, nah, I had a Sega Master System, and uh, nice. Of, of the games on that, it's got to be Bubble Bubble, man. Yeah, fucking earth, man. I remember playing weekends with you. Bubble Bubble was the we fucking because you used to leave it turned on because you couldn't save. <laughs> yeah, you write down the passwords, but for some because every time you'd finish a level, it'd give you a password so you could just go straight back and play from that level. But for some reason, we had this idea, and I don't know. If, to this day, I don't know if we were right or wrong, but it was like if you started the game using one of those codes, you couldn't get to the final level. Yeah. So we'd always leave the fucking thing turned on and then someone would turn it off and we'd be like, fucking cry. And then we'd just start <laughs> playing over again. <laughs> and I think one time we got to the end, we got to level 199 because you played through the first 100 levels of Bubble Bubble and then the second 100 are the same exact levels but with just all black you can't see anything mm. except for your characters and where the monsters are you don't know where the blocks and walls, walls and shit and are shit. Well, yeah it's terrible and um yeah I remember once we got to level 199 we were like yes we fucking made it 200 wouldn't load it was like no nah, <laughs> you didn't fucking uh... do it properly I was like oh get the fuck out of here <laughs> so yeah bubble bubble the fucking bomb and Alex kid yeah that's well that's what I was gonna say my, my first kind of console i suppose that i ever played on was the atari um and many many hours and that was probably not far off launch too i think um so we're talking a long time ago now when i was a little little kid um but yeah playing with the single paddle and you know doing all the just left and rights and stuff um that was pretty old school but probably the one that sticks in my mind the most would be when Street Fighter first came out on the uh, Super NES. Um, or was it the NES? Jeez, I can't even remember now. <laughs> You're pretty, you are pretty old, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're talking a long time ago. I think 
that came out not long after fossils were first invented. So they weren't <laughs> found for a long time. So, yeah, we're Your talking first long. The console was uh, <laughs> some um, petrified ash. <laughs> he got it. He had to ride his dinosaur down to the fucking EB Games to pick it up. <laughs> Fuck, that was long before EB Games even existed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was back when people like video games. That's not a thing that will fucking do anything in the I'm, world. I'm talking back when you could go into a Myers and actually sit there and play a game for an hour and no one would kick you off. You know, there was other kids sitting around just watching you going, wow, he's up to like level 35 on Alex kid. And uh, yeah, <laughs> no one would even come and interrupt you. That was the days. Actually... An iOS game that came out today that I remember playing in a fish and chip shop when I was in primary school, 1942, 1943. Yeah, yeah, yeah it came out today for free. <laughs> oh, man. That was the shit there. You have to be really careful on when you used your loop button because you'd do that big uh, kind of 360 loop to get you away from all the bombs. Um, hardcore. And metal then, slugs on fucking metal. You know metal slug? Yep. I used to play the fuck out of that when I was in high school. Mm. Oh, man, there's been some amazing games. There has arcades. been some amazing games. What about you, one, Susie? Street Fighter probably probably sticks out the most for me. I think that I played was that a lot in SNES. arcades. Yeah, yeah, I think it was SNES. And then it came um, out to be able to be played at home. Beautiful. Yeah, my first console was a SNES, but I did start on PC with DOS and... I think the game I probably played the most growing up were all the Commander Keen games. So like Commander Keen 4, Keen 1, Keen Dreams, um, all of those pretty much. Jazz Jackrabbit. And Jazz Jackrabbit, yes. Yeah, PC, Um, that's what it was about. I remember having to save money to buy Wolfenstein. Yes. Not terrible. Actually, I think one of the first CD-ROM games that I ever had for PC was a four-game set, a Sid Meier set of Civilization, Colonization, Pirates, and something else. Wow. And I used to play the fuck out of that. Man, Civilization. Great. Can anybody actually, I'm, I'm going to throw this out to the whole community of about six people. Um, can <laughs> somebody remember the HR Geiger game? There was a game that was brought out, and this is probably uh, mid-80s, I'd say, maybe towards the end of the, of the 80s. Um, but it was a game made by the, the artist HR Geiger who did you know, the aliens from aliens and all that kind of shit. Um, and it was a fucking trip out. You'd walk through this mirror and you'd be in this alien environment and it was just incredible. It was so sublime to be able to actually interact with this kind of shit. And um, yeah, if anybody can remember the name of that, I'd really love to be able to look it up. Like Mog's probably got it or, or not Mog, sorry. Um, Gog's probably got it. Gog, yeah. How about this? Some... Dark Seed. Dark Seed. Is that Dark, what it's called? Dark Seed is a psychological horror point-and-click adventure game developed and published by Cyber Dreams in 1992. It exhibits a normal world and a dark world counterpart, which is based on the artwork of H.R. Giger. There you go. That's probably it. I want to find there it. You go. I want to get it. So, so sorry, listeners, yeah. you don't get to fucking answer that question. No, you can't <laughs> win nothing now. I out-wikied you. That's, yeah. that's a double negative. 
you can't win nothing. Well, it was that pretty negative, wasn't it? I don't know if it was double, double negative. negative. It was fairly double negative. negative. Yeah. Double negative. Anyway, at least we wrap it up. Redundant. <laughs> Again, this, this episode is redundant. <laughs> I'm going to actually put it out there to the audience to hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> I'll be here forever. All right. Well, it's been swell, but the swelling's gone. Exactly. Until no next problem time. problem with my eyes. I can't see myself going on any longer. <laughs> Actually, we're doing a PAX episode next week, so stay tuned for that, yo. See you later. Bye. Boom. Peace. <laughs>